is Jason Albert, and you are listening to the Devin Kershaw Show from Faster Skier. This is our wrap-up after stage four of the Tour de Ski in Tobok, Italy, where the men raced a 15K classic pursuit and the women raced a 10K classic pursuit. It was uh, it was another great day of uh, another great day of racing to be perf- like maybe not quite as I don't know I guess I was just like overly hyped or overly stoked with the individual start races and I thought these races were great too like they were they were good actually I have to say I'm sorry I thought they were doing the 5k the same skate loop but they actually ended up doing a loop that we've raced in the past and that that 3.3 for the women and 3.75 is a lot burlier than than the 5k yesterday. So a lot, lot longer climbs, steeper climbs, and just a lot more challenging course, especially for the guys that did it five times or four times because they did 3.75K, sorry. Can you talk a little bit about the course? Uh, there, there looked to be like a few super dicey corners that skiers were taking at high speeds. Yeah, no, no, for sure. The descents are definitely like more, <laughs> you're coming in hot on some of those corners, but you know what? The course is actually made quite well. You know, sometimes in some steep corners like that, that they just like they're like they're wrong, they're angled wrong, or they're, the cant is off. And but in but in Toblock, they actually are they actually are pretty well made. But you're absolutely right. Like on the later stages of that loop, the three point seven five k, especially for the men, like you're coming you're coming in hot. Like you're screaming into some of those corners, and you have to really kind of slam the brakes on. I think I think that's why you saw some of the guys lose some of their grip because. It was really easy waxing conditions, like incredibly easy waxing conditions, but four laps when you're just blasting into corners at 60K an hour and then slamming on the brakes like that, um, you know, any binder is not going to hold up for four laps, especially when guys get tired too. So you saw some guys that looked like maybe they were struggling with their grip a little bit, but I think it was just because they were wearing it off. It's, it's fairly abrasive in the, in the Dolomites as well. So it, uh, but uh, no, it was uh, <laughs> definitely some burly descents and just a much my humble opinion, just a much better lap. Like I, I liked racing that lap that they did today much better than the, than the, than the easier lap that, uh, that they normally do. Okay. Well, let's, let's um, start with the guys. If that, if that works for you. Yeah. Let's start with the guys. I mean, when we, when we talk about the men's race, a couple things, I was at some point, you know, I guess early on in the race, I was curious to see what Ustigov would do. Would he would he just go out alone because he's been in such good shape? Would he wait for the guys? And then he waited for the guys, which I was a little surprised about, honestly. And then they really didn't lift the pace all that much. Once once Bolshinov and Cal Halverson came back to Ustigov, they were they were fine to chill, it looked like. But then I started to remember, like Ustigov made up 28 seconds or 29 seconds to catch Ustigov. So even if Ustigov was going out relatively easy, it's still a lot of time to make up. So, of course, Bolshinov needed a bit of time. And then when Bolshinov launched his his attack, like, that was lethal. That was... He, what a beautiful skier, though, honestly. He skis with the Russian style, but, but his technique in diagonal stride is very fluid, very powerful. If you see his shoulders, they're so square. His hips are high. His weight is right under him. He's skiing beautifully, and uh, today he was really on point. And you know what I thought was really interesting, Jason? Super interesting. Bolshinov cracked. The guy cracked. With, yeah, with, towards the, I mean, yeah, yeah with, go ahead. with with two k to go, two three k yeah. to go, like he was cracked hard, and he was like shaky on his legs. You saw him around those corners that you were talking about earlier. The this the the sharp corners. He was barely making it around there, and Ustigov closed incredibly well. I thought. 
which which again, like he was a well disciplined race, even though he he ended up losing the race to Bolshinov and losing quite a bit of time on the day. But in in doing so, he solidified a pretty solid day in classic for him, especially how it's been going this year. So I thought the two Russians skied incredibly well, and then Niskanen, I, he again a little bit like Bolshinov, he put in so much time on the group early. Like he made up so much time early in that first lap, he made up 26 seconds in 3.75k. I'm like, here we go. Like this is a legendary Evo Niskanen day. He looked great too, but then he cracked a little bit too and had to stay in that group. But he had enough for the last 2k of the race to get a little distance to secure the podium. So, I mean, that was a big story with those three guys. And then, of course, the Norwegians again. A little bit of a story. I mean, again, just just not the not the sexiest day ever. For the Norwegians, yet again, I thought that Paul Goldberg and uh, Martin Nienger, they skied really, really fast, but they also had a lot of help being that deep in the field, and they weren't really driving that bus, if you know what I'm saying. like it, it, Their time looks a lot better than it is, because when you're starting the day in like 28th or 35th, like those guys were, I mean, you're, you're just it's just one big line of guys, right? So... <laughs> I think Bolshinov is the race of the day, no question. And I thought Ivo Niskanen was uh, quite impressive as well, to be honest, uh, even though he had to take a little breather there for a couple laps and just sit in the pack and regain himself. But he looked really, really strong. So I looked to Bolshinov and Ivo Niskanen. That next race in a couple of days, man, it's going to be a... It's going to be exciting to watch with Bolshinov and Ivo Niskanen on form like that in Classic. And Val de Fiam has a lot of bite to it. That course is tough. So, okay, a couple of questions. I'm just curious from your observations, Russian style. How would you def- how would you describe that? Oh, Russian style technique is just a little little longer than than the than the, the technique has like changed over the years where it's been you're definitely your weight is right right under you. The Russians are still good with that, especially Bolshinov. Not all the Russians actually, but they really lengthen it out. You know, you you see their shoulders. They they really throw the arm up there, and then they spend a lot more time on each leg than someone like Klebo does, or even Paul Goldberg, who's a great classic skier. Ivo Niskanen, amazing classic skier, but definitely definitely higher frequency than the big Russians and. Um, the stability of the Russians is they're just so stable. Uh, that, that's a really Russian style when you're skiing well. And I thought it was, I think I thought it was on point today. You, you, there was a couple of great shots of, uh, of Ustigov skiing beside Bolshinov and they're two completely different skiers. Yeah, they're both right. big guys, but Ustigov's moving fast. He's moving fast, but he's a bit ragged, right? Yes. But still that long drawn technique. But, uh, but Bolshinov is just stable. He's like concrete. Uh, in his abs, in his, he's the way he's able to have um, that stability through his hips and his and his stomach when the poles go into the snow. And again, if you look at Bolshinov's shoulders, they're so square, whereas Ustigov's all over the place. Yeah, you know, in fact, there was a moment when Ustigov was like 17 seconds back. Maybe you know, I forget the distinct point. So maybe around 12k, where I thought that he was done. Like I just oh, watched yeah. him crest a hill. I was like, no, this guy, like you could hear his labored breathing. Anyway, but he obviously pulled it together. No, for sure. No, no. No, he totally did. And I think that was just a disciplined race by Usigov. I mean, he hasn't been, he's been a bit more all over the place in classic this year, right? Compared to skating. And um, he chose a little bit more tactical, which is not a real Russian way to do it. But he did. He 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 chose that. And you know what? No, I, I, I'm not going to try and go it alone. He opened very conservatively. 
I mean, the first lap for Ustigov almost looked like zone three, to be honest. If you're losing 30 seconds at a lap when you're as good as Ustigov is, you're, you are taking it very conservatively. But that paid dividends. His last lap, like you said, he was closing very well. Like he, even the, even though he was ragged and exhausted looking there on lap two, two, three, he he brought it back really strongly for that last lap. And and look look at the results from it. I mean, Bolshinov and Ustigov are sitting pretty well in this overall, and also like putting together a a string of beautiful performances. Okay, before we jump to the the men's overall here and just talk a little bit about, I, I suppose Klebo. I got a couple of questions yesterday about uh, your friend from Sweden, Cal Halverson. Uh, <laughs> As you should. No, I, 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 you know, I know, I, I was a little, I was a little flippant there. But honestly, you know, Cal, like you just saw it today too. You know, he's going to get dropped. Yeah. You know, Cal, Cal talks some smack in the media and he tries to play it tough. You know, he kind of wants to be a bit of a bad boy of skiing, but it's too hard when you're such a dork. Like it's, it just makes you, it just makes you look stupid. And he, you know, some of the smack talk, he, he talked about Petter Nortug back in the days and, and, uh, but he just never delivers. And, you know, he, he kind of has this attitude every once in a while that he's like a big deal. Um, even though he is the better skier, one of the best skiers in Sweden and the best skier in Sweden now, when you stack up Sweden, the, the men's side in Sweden, if you go back 80 years or 70 years, sure. this is the worst generation by far. It's almost like unfathomably yeah, bad. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. From the men's side. Yeah. No, so that's, that's why I give him a little bit of flack because it's just like, you know what? If you're, if you're a good skier, he's a great skier, but he's by no means legendary and he's not even in the conversation for one of the top 20 best Swedes. It's better just to keep your mouth shut for sure, and 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 let your skiing do the talking instead of you saw what he did in the sprint. I thought that was just poor form. Oh, my arm hurts, so I'm not even going to go to the heats. Like you're a professional, and then and then the day after you're fourth in a 15k skate, like how hurt was your arm? You know what I mean? Just small things like that. Like that's just such a Cali thing to do. So that's why that's why I give him a little bit of flack. That's the only reason. Okay. I'm not disdain because I'm sure he's a nice guy and stuff, but I just think like he he. He tries to he tries to be Nortug, but you know what? Nortug delivered with being a legend for, sure. for over ten years, and also there was always a sparkle in Nortug's eye. If you go back and you look at all this hilarious comments Nortug did, and, and I mean he was a real, yeah, he was he was an icon, and but there was a sparkle in his eye every time he was just acting like a bit of a shit, you know. But whereas like Callie tries to do the same every once in a while and just falls flat. Okay, so the the one person. Uh who is sitting third overall on the men's side. He is, you know, Klebo at 26 seconds back. Yustigov is 16 seconds back and Bolshinov uh, is leading. We got a 15K Mastart Classic and and then a Classic Sprint for the next two stages. Thoughts on Klebo? Yeah, no, thoughts on Klebo. I mean, he's, he's talking, he's sounding pretty defeated, but I mean, of course you are. You, you've gotten the floor wiped with you the last two days by the Russian team, and Klebo's used to winning. Because <laughs> Klebo really is an amazing, like, of course, that's just the most understated thing maybe I've ever said. But Klebo's the dawn of cross-country skiing, right? He's the, he's, he's the champ. And um, the last two days, he definitely has gotten a pretty good beat down. But 26 seconds, it's not much. And he'll win the sprint. He'll win the classic sprint. It's a championship course in, in Val de Fiamme. As long as he has some energy left, he should win that. That will get you some bonus seconds. And then I expect him. Uh, you see the weather forecast. I was looking a bit at the weather forecast because sometimes that can play a little bit of a role in Val de Fiamme, especially in classic. It's some steep hills. 
people are known to miss the wax here and there there but you know with the forecast the way it looks it looks pretty stable he should have a pretty even race it's a mass start he's been in so much better shape this year in distance races i'd be really surprised if he got dropped uh in the mass start so he'll be there but i think he's probably even just looking ahead to that climb and he knows like maybe ustigoff he could he could stay with but bolshinov in the form he's in it's going to be tough to to get away from uh from bolshinov up that hill or stay with bolshinov up that hill as long as he keeps delivering races like he's delivering and I think he's just a little bit discouraged. But 26 seconds, it's nothing. I mean, Claybo will win the sprint. And I'm really excited for the 15K Classic because, I, like I said, Niskanen and Bolshinov today really impressed me. And if they go together and they, they take those risks like they did today, especially while both the guys took big risks and almost paid for it. They almost did. They almost blew up both of them. And, uh, well, they did blow up a little bit, but they were not enough to have any effect on their day. And so if they can do that together in a mass start, it's going to be, it's going to be an exciting 15k classic mass start. And then the classic sprint won't be all that exciting. I don't think with Claybo being so good in the classic sprints, but, um, it'll set up for a pretty interesting final day. Okay. The women's side, two people off the front, head to head. Oh, it was, what a great, what some just great classic skiing. I, I mean, I'm singing their praises the last few days, but you saw that today. I thought they worked really well together to, together Ingveld and and Teresa worked amazingly well they were skiing they were skiing great Ingveld looks so solid so good and when you saw them coming up that last hill together you know Teresa did that last little dig she tried with about 400 meters to go but the writing was on the wall you you, getting a 1.5 second gap on on Ingveld with uh, a downhill like that and coming into the stadium that's not enough it was a great sprint by Teresa, but obviously when, like I talked about it yesterday, I mean, if they're going to come in together, Ingveld's going to win. She did. I think it's great for skiing. I think Ingveld has been skiing so well. I think how she's handling the media and how she's handling the pressure after not being able to race and having to answer some difficult questions. She's been uh, a consummate professional now. And um, to see a different winner, that's really exciting. And I thought Teresa was really, uh, had a lot of grace in, in defeat. And, and like I told you, like we've been talking about, Ingveld has had just a phenomenal year of training. So it's not a big surprise on a course like that, that, um, they, that she could beat Therese in a sprint. But that said, it's a huge achievement. And what a way, what a way to bring in your first classic race of the season. That's Ingveld's first classic race of the season was today. And she was able to take a victory. So amazing racing by her. I thought Ebba Anderson also had a had a great race she was really disappointed at the finish line didn't quite work she just wasn't quite strong enough to drop that group she was with Heidi Wang played it just for third you know she did pretty much nothing and then just waited for the sprint and it paid off to to, to snag that podium but they did lose some time to uh to Ingveld and Teresa so if you're Heidi or, or Astrid had a really great day though actually she was skiing really well and Nepreva too was, was skiing very Russian style again that longer style but uh, I thought she looked good in classic so um, uh, that race in the top there with Ebba, uh, Ebba Anderson and, and Heidi Wang and Astrid, uh, Jakobsen and then, uh, Nepreva and then Teresa and, and, and Ingveld, uh, uh they, 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 they look great and that's a really fun race. And then, oh, my heart breaks a little bit, Jason, it does because that, that was, that was Jesse Diggins of old. Jesse looked ragged in that classic today, her technique right from the start going up the first hill, that stability in the hips that we saw in in Lillehammer, that nice high position, um, really stable with when she puts the pole in. The, how she was classing in Lillehammer was I was 
surprised. It was so good to see. It was stunningly amazing to see. And then today it was back to just like way too all over the place really early. And you knew it. I, I just knew it seeing that. I'm like, oh, Jesse's going to have a bad day. And I was at 1K in and it ended up being a really bad day. And then Sadie, I was really surprised actually. I thought Sadie would have a much better day, especially on a course like that in conditions like this as well. Oof, I expected more to Sadie in a in a 10k classic in those conditions. I feel really bad for it. And then Rosie, I don't even know what happened to Rosie. Maybe she just had a really tough day at the office. So, oh, what a tough day for the Americans. And now they're overhaul. They're overhaul. Uh, it sounds like I'm saying overhaul, but their overall tour dreams are over. The podium is done. The top five is also over. And that's too bad because I thought both those women, Sadie and Jesse, have had a great start to the season. And it's just uh, this year is not the year for them. But you know what? They have the, the Trondelag tour or that Sweden-Norway tour that's coming later. And maybe that can suit them better. Maybe a little bit more skating. Distance races, Jesse, they skied so well yesterday. And Jesse's had some great races earlier this year. So I look forward to that. But uh, my heart breaks a little bit. I was really hoping that Jesse and Sadie could could both be in the top five in the overall before this tour started. And now that, that, that train is pulled out of the station. So I don't know if you had an opportunity, um, Rachel, who wrote up, well, Rachel, who works for us, gave, uh, gave Matt Wickham, the U S world cup coach, uh, a call. He essentially, you know, he said that the three women who were, and to use his words here, let's, let's, I'm gonna, I'll read what I wrote out of the quote, but I, you can play the audio. We felt like as a team, we found quite a good kick wax and, good, and a good glide wax and had great reviews from Catherine Ogden and Sophie Caldwell. And the guys felt like they were on some really good skis. But unfortunately, the three women who are really in the hunt felt that they were slick. So a little bit of an admission, I suppose, that there was a, a waxing issue for those three women. Mm, and that's, that's, if that's the case, that is obviously really too bad. But what I will say a little bit, like I said in Linsahida, come on now. These are stable conditions. These are stable conditions. This is cold, hard snow. And if you don't have enough kick right from the gun, I mean, I, like what I was describing with Jesse, that was at one point, that's going up to the 1.4K split. It's flat and an uphill. And if you have no kick there, ooh, what, did, what were you doing when you were testing 20 minutes before that? Because it's not changing. You're, it's totally stable conditions. So if that's the case, then there's a bit of an athlete error. And I've made that error so many times because you want this, you want the fastest skis you can, right? And you're like, I think I can kick these. I think I can kick these. And then you go out and you race. And it's like, oops, I couldn't kick them. I had the fastest skis in the field by far, but it doesn't help if I can't get up the hills. So I have made that mistake, but I'd be really surprised if all three of those girls made that mistake together. But I guess that could happen. Yeah, and just sort of sort of clarify that a little more. You know, Matt talked about the snow becoming becoming a little bit more granular, where the athletes would have to feather their kick a little bit more. Yeah, you saw that when you see that, and you see that with conditions like that. I was I was commenting more on the men's side when you're blasting through those corners, uh, you're going to lose some of that that kick wax that the cover or the last the top couple layers that's going to get rubbed off that's just that's just physics that's how it ha that's that's friction so that's um that's going to happen but you see that Bolshinov or Niskanen these classic technicians that have just stunningly beautiful technique or Ingveld who is such high hip position the weight right on the balls of her feet uh, they still look great 
and they're able to really lean on their technique. And in classic, if, you, if your technique isn't that good or you're having a bit of an off day like Jesse was today, it's gonna, you're right, it's going to be really, really hard. Like trying to feather your kick or f- trying to find that balance if, if that's your weaker technique. That's going to be tough. Um, but uh, Sadie is a great classic skier and, you know, like all the time. And um, so if they, if they were lacking a little bit of kick, that really stinks. But at the same time, you can't miss your kick on days like that. You can't. It's a little sugary, a little this, a little that. It wasn't like sugary tracks. We've all raced on sugary tracks, and that wasn't what it was today. And and yeah, yeah. and it's think, a pursuit too. Yeah. Like we talked a little bit about in the mass start with in the skating race with the with the American women, you know, to try and find the most lit skis you can not that important when you can have just skis that are good enough to hang with the pack it's a little bit like the same in, in a pursuit it's not an individual start race if you're playing with fire trying to get the fastest skis you can you know what maybe if you're not super confident in your classic skiing it's better to have one more layer and that's a mistake they probably won't make again this year hopefully yeah can, I, can you elaborate a little bit more just so like listeners might know when you're talking about a world cup skier and feathering their kick oh it just means you just can't you just can't smash down with everything you have uh if, if you have so in the bottom of the tracks like people that like classic skiing at home and that don't live in sun valley <laughs> it's just perfect every day uh sometimes you can have a little bit of snow moving under your foot uh, that's probably what Matt's alluding to is you have like a, a granular snow is just means that you have like really old snow, transformed snow. Uh, it's not fresh. And it the, the clumps of snow turn into almost like ice, little ice pellets. And under your foot, it'll just move under your foot a little bit. So it means that you just can't kick down with everything you have onto your kick zone in your classic skis. You'll slip. Uh, you have to be, you have to be more finessey. You have to, you have to find that that sweet spot before you apply your your power your kick down to get that grip on your skis and then the other thing that happens and that's what jesse was doing not well today is you have to keep a high hip position you have to stay high and you really have to be stable around your hips and your stomach and not look like a snake not look like a cobra going up the hill you have to be like when you set your kick you have to trust that your weight is right under you and and make it crisp and that's that's how you can feather your kick or or allow for <laughs> to get away with some of the things uh you need to get away with if your skis are uh, eight out of ten instead of ten out of ten for kick and and they weren't able to they weren't able to translate into that today the american women and that's really too bad because that's the that's the overall for the tour to ski but that said sadie's got a couple great chances uh now with the 10k classic and also the classic sprint great chances for sadie there and Jesse up the hill, great chance for Jesse up the hill in a mass start. She's she's tougher than nails, so there's absolutely a great chance for Jesse to have a phenomenal stage to finish this tour. And she could obviously pick up a couple spots. I, I don't expect her to finish the tour in tenth where she stands now, uh, but at the same time, Jesse didn't come to this tour to be eighth. She came to this tour to be in the top three or the top five, and and. And now with, with Linsa Haida and today, though, that, that, that ship is sailed. Okay, so Johag leads. Usberg uh, is 22 seconds back. Neprieva is 22 seconds back in the overall. Uh, Heidi Vang is 38 seconds. And we'll throw in Jakobsen at 50 seconds back in fifth. And Anderson. Yeah, lots of fun stuff. Yeah, it's a great. The women's, the women's race continues to be exciting. And it's going to come down to the wire. So although Teresa is just so much better than all those women up the hill, like that's why I keep saying the tour de ski is over. 
Uh, but there's been some great performances. There has been some great, great performances and some really exciting racing. You got a 10K Mass Start Classic and then this classic sprint. So the hypo- are, you, are you thinking that these time gaps remain somewhat firm until that final stage? Yeah, I think it'll be pretty tight. I think Pereza, this course, this 10K, uh, you know, if this, the conditions stay stable like they, they look like on the weather forecast, Pereza will win. Uh, she'll be able to ski away easier in, in Val de Fiam. The hills are steep and it bites a, a lot more than it does in Toblock. So I'd expect her to win, but uh, Ingveld's looking so good, so she shouldn't be too far back. That whole group will be fairly close. In the classic sprint, if they use the championship sprint course, I wouldn't be surprised if Teresa makes the semifinal, honestly. Uh, in, in any other classic sprint, no way in hell. But in Val de Fiam, that's a tough sprint course, so she could do it. Um, she could make the semi. She will make the rounds anyways. Uh, and then up the hill. I mean, Teresa, if anyone's within a minute of Teresa hug up the hill, I'll, I'll be surprised. So that's why I keep saying with such confidence that I believe Teresa should win the Tour de Ski. Yeah. All right. So, yeah. No, it's exciting. It'll be fun to move to Val de Fiam and, and that 10 and 15K Classic. I think the, the 10K Classic for the women actually shouldn't be as exciting as these last two days were. But for the men, the 15K Classic... Niskanen, Bolchinov, and then Klebo, you know, he's talked a lot. He has changed. His distance skiing has been better. But now, 26 seconds, he needs to he needs to throw down. He needs to have the best distance race of his season uh, to have a chance to win the Tour de Ski. Enjoy a day away from skiing tomorrow. Thank you. All right. Have a great day. Yeah. Thanks, Jason. Bye. Thanks for listening. And we'll be taking a day away from the podcast tomorrow as the tour takes a rest day. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs>